Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most beautiful spa that just opened. I recently had a massage at their brand new Brentwood, Los Angeles location, and I really recommend it. We are so happy that Milk and Honey spas are now in LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and lots more at their beautiful new space. Yes, I am about to book a treatment too, and I can't wait to check it out. I'm just so happy to have a spa that I can fully trust in our area now. And for all of our listeners, their online boutique offers products from the Milk and Honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's baking soda-free aluminum-free deodorant and lavender tea tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. And I also love Milk and Honey's gel cleanser and Osea's body oil and Vegas nerve oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try milk and honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CW podcast, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. 
They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit Sakara.com and use code XOCourageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access, accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. This week, it is just us, and we are going to do a little update on a few things we've been discussing for a while now, and then we're also going to focus on morning routines or routine and ritual in general and why incorporating them into our lives. Um is beneficial, but also like the science behind that a little bit. And then we're going to go in and share some aspects of our own routine and ritual in our lives. But to start off, we thought we'd do a little update. Erica shared on our last solo episode about her transition off of synthetic birth control. And so it's been a few months now. So how is it going? How are you doing? Yes. Yes. Thank you. We're just going to do a quick update because I know, um, It was a very popular episode. And so we wanted to just share an update with everyone. So things are going great. I will say when we recorded that episode, I had been three months, about three months. It had been like about three cycles and now I'm about six months out. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I have an even wider understanding of my body transitioning off of birth control now. So the biggest change that happened, um, is I did start getting some ovulation pain. Um, and that was really horrible. It was actually really intense and painful. I needed the heating pad. It was excruciating to the point where it scared me a little bit. I know I was texting Allie. I called my doctor. Um, and he basically told me, he was like, if it happens again next month, we'll check you out for like cysts or different things like that. But, um, you know, ovulation pain is normal, especially after almost a decade on birth control where you're not ovulating. Um, but with that said, what really helped me in case anybody else experiences ovulation pain or is, um, you know, deals with it, whether or not they've gone off birth control, something that really, really helped me is because I was determined it was so painful that the following month I was like, 
I'm not getting this again. Like I was on a mission. And so I really, um, I actually was really religious about taking Ned's hormone balance, Mm -hmm. their, their hormone blend. I took it twice a day, every day for a month and no ovulation pain or like very, I like felt I wouldn't even call it discomfort. Like I felt like it was happening. I was like, yeah, you're aware an awareness. I had an awareness that I was ovulating and, um, I track through natural cycles again, which isn't sponsored. I think natural cycles is sponsoring people now, but they don't sponsor us. Um, I just, it's the app I'm using to track and I take my basal temperature. So I knew I was ovulating. I felt the discomfort, but it was not painful at all. And I, you know, touch wood, the pain hasn't come back. So I have been really religious about Ned's hormone balance and it really works. And I know, I think Primrose is in it as well. And I know Mm -hmm. Primrose can be really great for, um, PMS and different things like that. So yeah, I am doing good now. Six months, things are, things are great. And Allie has been helping me a little bit with other like moodiness. I I do get the moodiness PMS, but yeah, other than that, it's great. So highly, highly recommend Ned's hormone balance blend. And just to add the hormone balance blend from Ned is a combination. As Erica said, she mentioned with the, um, primrose, uh, it's a combination of CBD and botanicals. So it has other sort of like plants, botanicals that, um, support hormone balance. So, um, in addition to some CBD as well. Yeah. So it really helped me and yeah, that's my little update and thanks everyone for your great feedback on that episode and, and for listening to it. Um, and thank you, Allie, for coaching me through my transition off of birth control. I appreciate you as always. And we'll link it if anybody didn't listen and are, is it was, it was a going off of birth control, but also a hormone balancing episode episode because you really helped me. Like I've started eating breakfast again, really religiously to help my hormones and to, um, do a lot of different things. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. And yes, but that's my only update. Other than that, things have been great. Um, but again, today we really want to talk about our own morning and evening routines and our rituals for, you know, a little bit of a fun episode. But before we go into that, we wanted to really talk about the science behind routine and ritual. And it's interesting, Allie, because I know we've touched on this before, but so many of our guests, I'd say the vast majority of our guests, be it doctors, entrepreneurs, influencers, business owners, talk about the importance of daily practice in their lives as well. And, and it's interesting because it's not about pressure, right? This isn't about perfection. It's not about being perfect at all. It's not about being rigid. And we'll get to that in a second, because that really changed my relationship with my morning and evening Mm -hmm. routine. And it's not about being a morning person or an evening person. It's just about having your own unique ritual and routine that works for you. Um, But it seems, yeah, it's just always interesting because we've been asked what is like a common theme of your guests. And I would definitely say daily practice is one of them, but let's get into some science and some backing to that in case anyone is interested. Um, yes, you know, there are 
studies that really show that our daily routine can influence everything from our quality of rest to our sleep schedule, to, um, our mental sharpness and performance, and even our emotional well-being and energy can be determined by daily routine and just a little bit of extra planning. And there were even more studies that came out since the pandemic about how important routine is for mental health. Mm. And, um, there was a quote that I read, um, from this one, um, study that said, even if you don't typically thrive on a strict schedule, having a routine can be very helpful in times of unpredictability, uncertainty, and stress. And that really reminded me of, um, our dear friend, nutritionist, Robert Yang's bucket analogy that our longtime listeners have probably heard me share millions of times, but you know, he shared with us on his episode that was so, so great from two years ago now, but he shared that we all have these buckets, <laughs> you can bucket analogy. We all have these buckets and they can only get filled to a certain, you know, level before they start overflowing, right? Like of water, think of yes. water. And when your bucket overflows, you get sick, right? That's where sickness comes from. And when you experience a trauma, the bucket gets filled up to the top or starts overflowing. So he said, it's really important to have practices, rituals, and routines to keep our buckets low. So when stressors happen, it doesn't tip over our bucket and create illness in the body, right? Disease. So yeah, that's just a little bit of some science and background that, um, that, you know, I hope is inspiring to you if you don't have a daily routine or if you do to keep yours up, because this isn't just like, you know, my blah, blah, blah morning routine, or, you know, I, you know, I wake up with the sunrise and like, it's not even woo. It's just, it's really for supporting your mental health. And as somebody with anxiety routine does really help my stress and anxiety. Yes. And our mental health, emotional health, and physical health, just as you had mentioned in that quote, but also it makes me think about the blue zones. So for anyone who doesn't know what a blue zone is, although I think it's become pretty mainstream at this point um, in the work of Dan Buettner, the blue zones are the areas in the world, I believe there's seven of them that have the longest lifespan, the the life expectancy is the longest, but it's also the longest health span in the world. So these communities from Okinawa, Japan to Sardinia, Italy, um, there's another one in Greece. I believe there's one in Costa Rica. There's even one in California, but the, um, the areas in the world where people live the healthiest lifespans and the longest lifespans. So, um, before they pass. So that means they all have a certain amount of things in common that they've found, but they're also diverse from each other. Like there are differences, obviously like the, the work of the people, um, in Sardinia is going to be different than the work of the folks in Okinawa and the way, um, people eat and diets might be like a little bit different, of course, around the world. But one of the primary things that all of these zones have in common are routine. And I always thought that was so interesting that they have, you know, a certain time of day where they get in their energy, their, I mean, their, um, 
movement and energy that comes from that. And maybe it's in a natural way where they're using their bodies in a certain way, or they don't do anything. There's one of the communities is actually Seventh-day Adventist in, in your Belinda, California, and they don't do anything on Sundays. They like take off. And so, um, but it's, it's consistent, right? Yeah. These communities have consistent routine and ritual in their lives and they all, all might differ from each other, but it's something, something that these communities have in common. And just like you said, with our guests, like all the practices that they've described are different, but they all have practice. So yeah. I just thought that was an interesting parallel too. When we're talking about health span and different types of health. Um, and that these communities that have sort of like the longest and, and best form of health, uh, with their citizens or, you know, their members, um, have routine and ritual as a big part of their lives. Yes. And what I like, again, as I mentioned, and, and we'll get into the specifics of what our routines are just as simply to offer maybe some inspiration into what a morning or evening practice can look like, or what a routine can look like. Um, but again, what's really changed for me. And I remember actually it was just a couple of weeks ago with Shelly on the podcast. Mm. She was like, I'm not a morning person, but here are all the things I do once I get up. Right. Or once like maybe, and you don't even have to be a morning or evening person. You could be a daytime person. Right. Um, but for me, a big thing, like I said, that changed it for me was like there, I put no pressure on like, I have a morning routine. And if it happens at like seven or 8am, it happens at seven or 8am, or it could happen at 11 or 12pm if I need more rest that day. So there's really like no pressure on when it happens. And I used to, you know, um, my, my therapist actually recently said this to me where, um, I was in a session and she stopped me and she goes, you use the word perfect. You've used the word perfect like seven times already in this like last five minutes. And, you know, she wanted me to unpack that and go there. And she's like, perfection as you know, I know doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's not something we should ever, like, we will never be perfect people or individuals. But when she called me out on that, I realized because I believe that, but it's interesting, right? Like how conditioned we are to aspire to perfection. And so just even since that therapy session that I have, um, I I really continue to remind myself there is no such thing as perfect. So again, if I feel I need to sleep in, I sleep in, I know I don't want to look at my phone first thing in the morning. But if I look at my phone, I look at my phone. Like I just take all of the perfection and pressure out of it. And for me right now, I've been in a phase of life where I'm just all about keeping promises to myself. Mm -hmm. So more so than like being perfect or hitting these check marks, it's just like, what promises am I making to myself? What promises can I keep for myself? Cause I just want to live that kind of life. Like that's the season I'm in. So those are just things that have helped me because I used to be actually like, I used to feel like if I slept in till 10 AM, there was no point in my, like my morning was over. And the biggest change for me has been realizing like, that's BS. That's not true. So that's been really freeing. Yeah. And I think what you talk about taking the pressure off, like routine and ritual should be something we do because it serves us, 
not because, you know, I think it could easily become punishment, just like anything where it's like, it it really depends on our approach to it, where it's like, yeah, I got to exercise because if I don't X, Y, Z, but it's like, no, I want to exercise because I want to feel the way it makes me feel after, or it's like, I, I recognize that over time, like it really helps my body feel strong and helps my mind get clear. And so it's something that I want to do for myself. And so to develop ritual and routine based on things that we know serve us. And yeah, some days we don't want to do, but again, keeping that promise to ourselves, it's not from a punitive place. It's not from a, like, you have to do this in order to X, Y, Z. Cause then you're like self-punishing and that's not the point of it. Absolutely. And you know, something too, that's really helped me as well is just realizing, learning back to even like the going off birth control and learning about my cycle. You know, there are some times in all of our lives where we need more rest. And I feel like we don't live in a society that, um, supports rest, right? Like the question is always, and that's why we also wanted to cover our morning and evening routines, because the question is oftentimes, well, what's your morning routine? How do you start your morning? Right. Or if you don't start your morning off on the the right foot, your day is over, but you know, sometimes people, there are people who in general just need more rest or are more night owls or daytime people. Um, but learning about my cycle, like when I was on my period a week or so ago, I needed to sleep. I was like, my body needed extra sleep. And I think it's when you realize that, or maybe if you've been training for a marathon or if you've had really late work nights, your body also needs rest too. And you just can, or if you go like Ali, you went to the Hollywood bowl and had a great concert. And the next day your body needed more rest. I think like creating a culture with ourselves too, of honoring rest and being okay with, yes, these are the practices. These are the routines I need, but I will also honor my body's rescues. Just like we talk about honoring our body's hunger cues, right? Like if you're hungry, please eat, let's nourish ourselves. Let's make sure we're getting enough food. Um, I just really want to stress like a good morning routine doesn't mean like you hear all these like billionaires and people like we wake up at 4am and I'm, you know, worked yeah. out and dressed by five 30. It's like, that's great but that's not, it's just, this isn't one size fits all. So, yeah, yeah, I think you make a good point. I actually, I feel like I actually honored that and I'm still, I mean, hashtag 35, right? Like I went out this week and I had a great night out at the bowl, the Hollywood bowl for those who are not in LA as a big outdoor concert venue. And it was so fun. Stayed out way later than normally. I'm even usually asleep by and definitely had more wine than I usually drink and had a big late night sandwich and it was delicious, <laughs> but you know, my sleep absolutely suffered that night. Like I didn't sleep well. And then I was pretty wrecked the following day. And then even the next day I needed to sleep in and for me, which I normally am quite an early bird. So, um, I, you know, my sleep was suffering again. And listen, is it great? Is it sustainable? No. Was it worth it for like a really wonderful fun night out? Absolutely. Am I now having to adjust and honor those rescues? Absolutely. 
Um, because uh, as we know with aging too, we don't bounce back the way we did <laughs> staying up late at like 22, you know? Um, but again, like Erica said, she makes such a good point. We don't have to have rigidity with it, but when we have a certain amount of established routine, because we know it works for us then we can have flexibility within that. And that yeah. is really awesome. We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know I struggle with anxiety that can often lead to disruption in my sleep. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is pure, potent, and the company shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process, all right there on their website. I use the products daily to support better sleep, reduced anxiety, and pain relief, and their hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. The one-on-one -on -one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you want to try the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free De-Stress Blend sample. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast or enter CW podcast at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off plus a free D stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find this information in our show notes. So should we get into our, our morning? We're going to share, and I wanted to share all of that too, because Ali and I, when we break down our morning routine specifically, we are early birds. We both yeah. naturally we both wake up pretty early. So I just want to disclaim, there's nothing like better about waking up earlier than later. It's just what works for you. It's natural for us. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I don't even put on an alarm because you know, we work from home. My husband works from home and 
we're up so early naturally. So I can start with mine since I'm speaking, I'll just start breaking it down. So, um, we're going to try to get into some specifics again, mostly for inspiration. If you don't have a daily routine or also just want to add some things, I personally love hearing I'm like a nosy person. So I love hearing everybody's everything I love. I know they're controversial. Like I love a, what I eat in the day post. I love a skincare routine post. Like I love people telling me what they do. I just find it fascinating. Maybe I'm just really nosy, but here's mine. So my morning routine. So I do wake up naturally between six and six 30, but I like to bake as I call it. Like I need a baking period. So I'm not somebody who wakes up and just jumps out of bed. Um, so I wake up between six and six 30. Actually, my husband always wakes up first. He's also an early bird and he just jumps up and goes, but I usually stay in bed until about seven, seven 30 is when I'm getting up. And then what I really like bare bones, I wake up, go to my bathroom and I'll brush my teeth. And then depending on my move, for the day, I may wash my face and do my skincare routine, which I love and grab an ice roller and just wake myself up with an ice roller. But if I'm planning on doing like an at-home spin class or something more cardio-based, I'll wait to do that later. Um, and then I usually, I don't, as I said, I really don't like to look at my phone, um, before like before like 9am, but, um, I usually will look at it to turn on music or a podcast. And of course I drink a big, big glass of water. I'm actually really good with water. I think it has to do with my anxiety where if I'm going to go to coffee or matcha next, um, I know I don't feel good if I don't have water first. So I drink a big jug of water. Then I go downstairs and I do my, little ritual with matcha or decaf coffee. It's my favorite. I superfood my matcha. I kind of make it like a bulletproof. I'll use MCT oil. I'll use, I guess that's not really a bulletproof. The MCT oil kind of makes it bulletproofy, but it's, um, I add like a matcha collagen, uh, acacia fiber powder and some MCT oil and a little bit of nut pods. That's how I like my matcha or I'll do my coffee. Um, I'm, into decaf coffee right now, but I also love like an iced, like I get those like iced, uh, chameleon cold brews as well with some water. And I will add some superfoods to that as well for my anxiety because my body processes caffeine much better. Um, when I have those superfoods. So I really like, um, Sakara's metabolism super powder is really great with it. I'll add some four sigmatic lion's mane. Um, or sometimes I'll just add some oat milk, love oat milk. That's how I take my coffee. And then this is what's new for me is I take my coffee or my matcha outside and I breathe the fresh air. And that has been the biggest difference. I think that's why I've been actually the most consistent with this routine, whether or not it starts at 7 a.m. or it starts at 10 a.m. I go outside first thing in the morning because just breathing in the fresh air, getting sunlight, even on a foggy day, it just, it's changed my day. I can't recommend it enough. Even if you don't have outdoor space, open your window, breathe in the fresh air. It it's a game changer. Then I will also take my supplements and my CBD. That's when I take my hormone balance blend. I'll take my supplements and then I come back inside and I chant. Um, 
anywhere from five to 60 minutes. As most of our listeners know, Ali and I met through Buddhism. We both have a Buddhist practice and um, we can talk about that a little bit after you share your routine, Ali, because I know it's a part of yours, but this is so grounding for me. And sometimes I will do this first before I drink my coffee before I take my supplements before I go outside. But I really actually like doing it after because then I just feel very focused and I will sit and I will chant, um, again, anywhere from five minutes to 60 minutes. Um, I've found that about 45 is my sweet spot. I actually have a text with some of my Buddhist friends. We encourage each other. We, we send a text. It's like a, a rolling text from, Gosh, some of them start at like 5 a.m. till about like 9 a.m. where we're texting that we're chanting. And um, that's really lovely. And then I will do some movement. So I will either go for a walk. I'll do a Melissa Wood Health class. I will do um, a spin. I have a spin bike. And I also, just like I have my text with some of my Buddhist friends to encourage us to start chanting. Um, Allie and I do a lot of movement challenges. So, um, like a week ago, we did a Melissa Wood health challenge together. So it's fun to kind of have those challenges with movement. And then I start my day. So it sounds like a lot, but this is really what sets me up. And it's actually not a lot and I'm not that rigid about it. And like I mentioned, ideally, I don't like to look at my phone, but if it happens, it happens. My non-negotiables are really chanting. That is something I do every morning, no matter what, going outside and getting fresh air and drinking water. Those are the three things I do every single morning and, and movement. I do like movement, but if I'm going to scroll on my phone, I'll scroll on my phone. I'll just take my phone outside and scroll outside with my coffee and water instead of staying in bed. I've really realized what doesn't serve me is laying in bed in the morning and scrolling on my phone. So that's what I try to avoid as much as possible. If I know I want to scroll, I just do it downstairs or I do it outside. Um, yeah, so that's my very specific <laughs> morning routine. Um, yeah, Ali, what do you do? What serves you? Yeah, some of ours is similar. Some is different. Um, I wake up most of the time. I mean, I'll usually set an alarm, but it doesn't always wake me up um, because I might wake up right before it. Uh, but I usually set it by like seven. Um, so, but I'm usually like naturally up by then anyway. And then I am typically someone that does get up once in a while I'll lay in or like hang in bed, but I usually get up. Um, I actually grab my seed probiotics because of those I take in the morning and they're actually symbiotic. So it's a combination of, um, a prebiotic and a probiotic. And, uh, they always suggest taking on an empty stomach. So I actually do take that first thing. And unlike Erica, as much as I know it serves me, cause we, we are dehydrated when we wake up, I, I'll take the symbiotics with water. I try to drink like half a glass of water and like I do that, but it's hard for me to drink a full glass in the morning. I can't do a chug. Like I want, I was like the Jersey girl in me. Like, I just want my coffee. Um, 
So typically that's the next thing I'll do is go make my coffee. And, um, I do make my own nut milk. So I usually use that or I'll use nut pods, um, and make a latte. And sometimes I will do, as Erica said, like a superfood, something with adaptogens in it, because, because I like my coffee first thing, I also understand how to set it up for hormone balance in a way that, um, for a while I was struggling with. So just like quick thing is our cortisol is highest in the morning, um, which is also one of our stress hormones, but it's actually good that it's highest in the morning because it gets us up. And, um, that being said, if we drink just like caffeine first thing on an empty stomach that can actually like heighten the cortisol level and even spike blood sugar. So, um, I try to either put some adaptogens in it, like four sigmatic, or, uh, as you mentioned, there's the good, um, metabolism powder from Saqqara with some fiber powder. Sometimes I'll make one of those, um, sort of like supported superfood coffee lattes, which I really enjoy. That's a part of my ritual. If not, I'll grab a BTR bar to drink with my coffee or to have while I'm drinking my coffee, which also has adaptogens in it. It's plant-based protein. So it, it helps curb any blood sugar spike, like a quick blood sugar spike while I have it with my coffee. So I try to combat that a little bit. And then either I will first thing go chant or depending on mine and my partner's schedule, if it's early enough, we sometimes go straight out for a long walk in the morning. We walk at least three miles, um, in the morning, I would say on average five days a week. Um, you know, depending also like in the weekend. So maybe one or two days we won't go first thing, but we really do it quite consistently. So we do that fresh air walk. I love getting my steps in and walking first thing. It really wakes me up nicely. And then I also always chant. So sometimes the chanting happens first, right at seven when I get up with my coffee. And sometimes I'll chant when I get back um, from my walk. And then yeah, it's time to hit the day. So depending on the movement, I'll also incorporate a few hot yoga classes. Um, I find that doing them in the mornings for me is a successful move. If I book something for an evening, eight times out of 10, I will cancel an evening class. That's just something I've learned about myself. But if I schedule it for the morning, I'm there. I enjoy it. Then I come home and shower and get to work whether I'm working at home that day or out and about working. Um, that's sort of the process. I'm like you, Erica, where I really naturally am a morning person. So I find that certain things that I want to do for myself, if I do it in the morning, it gets done and it's a lot easier for me to keep them consistent. Yeah. But I also know that I kind of get it's more difficult later in the day for me. So then it, I just need to understand myself in that way that it might not happen. And if I really want it to happen, I got to put it in my morning. Yeah. So that's really what my morning looks like. Um, yeah. And I love, you know, I'm, I'm such a coffee drinker. I've had your coffee. I love my coffee. It's like, had bouts of time where I've given it up when it, you know, I could feel that the caffeine wasn't serving me or I was dealing with some hormone stuff, but now that it's, that's pretty under control, like well, so much joy to have that coffee first thing. And that's why like, we're going to move into our evening routines in a second, because actually 
creating an evening routine for me is highly important in being successful in my morning routine. Um, I have learned, but, um, but I think, you know, if anybody doesn't have a routine at all and they're listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so there, it, it's a lot. It, it actually, it isn't a lot, but also it, it cultivates over time. So what I would recommend for anybody, as we talked about, like about keeping promises to yourself, maybe you just start with, I'm going to drink a glass of water every yes. morning when I wake up. Um, and that's a promise you keep to yourself. And then after you keep that promise, the next week you can be like, okay, I'm going to keep drinking the glass of water and I'm going to journal in the morning, whatever it is, right. You can continue to add and build up, but if you're creating a routine from scratch, just start small. Like honestly, Allie water, please. Everybody. I'm a big proponent for water. Start, start with water. Um, it helps your digestion. It helps everything. Um, that's a great promise. That's a great place to start. Um, and it's, it is easy enough, you know, just to clarify, I can't drink a full glass of water first thing, but I do continue to drink water with my coffee as it's so it's like, and when I go on a walk, I drink a big, um, water bottle. So it is important to hydrate. We are dehydrated when we wake up. I just like, I'm just here. If I feel you guys, if it's a struggle, cause it's a struggle for me too. Yes. Yes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know, that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. 
Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee. And even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout. And there's also a direct link in our show notes. So moving into our evening routines, like I said, I've really realized that a good evening is really a good evening ritual is very important to setting me up for the next day. So, um, I'll just start from the beginning. I do like to start winding down around eight 30 or nine. That's probably why I'm such a morning person is because I go to sleep pretty early. So, um, but I don't like to just get in bed and go to sleep. Um, I'm actually, if anyone is interested in human design as a projector, I have learned that because projectors, or at least my type of projector absorbs so much energy from the outside world, we need wind down time to like basically release the energy that isn't ours. So as a projector, it makes sense, but I have known for a long time, I, I need wind down time. So I like to start winding down around like eight, eight 30. Um, but by nine I'm winding down and I will usually, I love to take a long bath in the evenings. It's my favorite thing to do at the end of a day or a hot shower. I don't do it every night, but I always feel better when I do. So it's something I really like to do, um, you know, with my Epsom salts and actually moon and bloom, um, our flower essence practitioner who was on our podcast, she actually came out. I don't know if it's available anymore, but it was like a moon bath essence, like a Mm. flower essence bath oil. And I use that and I love it so much. Um, but I take a long bath or a hot shower on, you know, maybe three or four nights a week. I always take my evening vitamins and CBD again. And then I always try to journal a few nights a week. So journaling is part of this routine. So this will change, right? So I, I don't always take a bath. I don't always journal, but I like to, and it's something I strive to do. Like I said, about three, four or five days a week. And then I always take my evening vitamins and my CBD And then I also though, back to the water, I realize I do drink a lot of water. Um, I stop drinking an hour before I go to sleep or I'll pee all night long. That's taken me a long time to learn because I'm always thirsty. (laughs) I mean, I just, I like water. So I drink it. Um, but if I don't stop drinking an hour before I go to sleep, I will pee in the middle of the night. So that helps as well. I also try to plug my phone in around eight. So I'm, I'm pretty good at this, but I stop looking at my phone screen also about an hour before I go to bed. And then I will either read a book or I'll watch TV. And I know TV is a screen and it can be controversial. I don't consider TV screen time. For me, I love it. It relaxes me. It's a form of self-care. I love watching like a good TV show or movie before bed with my husband. It's wonderful, but some nights I read. So that is something I love to do too. Um, yeah. So I guess the biggest part of my evening routine though, is preparing for the next morning. So I do take, this is something I always do, which is I take a moment to think about what I want to do the next day. And I even look, this is probably my Capricorn rising. I do write down in the notes of my phone, my morning routine. And it helped like just to look at it and like get in the zone of like, okay, this is my morning. 
do I have a morning meeting? Do I have like a zoom? What do I have to do in the morning? I look at that. Do I want to prep overnight oats? So I have, you know, a yummy overnight oat breakfast. Like what do I want to do to prepare for the next day is always something I think about at night. And then I put my clothes out and setting my clothes out also helps me like usually just workout clothes, but it's like, these are the clothes I'm going to be wearing when I get up. So doing this actually really helps me wake up the next morning on the right foot. Um, this really started during the pandemic actually, because I just really needed structure to my mornings and it just, it helps me. So in the evenings, it's some variation of what I described, but the most important thing is really setting myself up for the morning and winding down an hour or so before I go to bed. And then I'm always asleep by like, I'd say 10 on average. Sometimes it's later, sometimes it's earlier, but I'm asleep by 10. Um, yeah. So that's my evening. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I definitely have less of an evening, like less of a structured evening routine. Um, I do try to chant in the evening, but I've noticed that like, and I know you do too, but I've noticed that like, I need to chant on the earlier side of the evening before dinner. Um, because it's not that I can't or don't chant sometimes after dinner, but I, I get tired and I don't have the same kind of focus or to be honest, like discipline, it's harder for me to get my butt there and do it if I'm really tired. So there's just something I've learned about myself over time. So if I have the option, I will do it on the earlier side of the evening. Um, and yeah, dinner in my house is kind of a big, like a big thing. Like we cook a lot. So um, there's definitely, you know, preparation for that. And my partner cooks a lot. So I reap the benefits of that, although I really enjoy cooking. Um but like sitting down and having dinner, like we don't like, we're not like dinner grabbers. Like even if we have leftovers, like we sit down and have dinner. Um, and I do like to watch a little TV at night. I also don't go to bed that late. I think 10 30 is sort of my average. Um, I, I do unwind like with a show, especially when we have like shows we're invested in. I, you know, and that's, what's great about like how good some TV content is. So you don't have to like, it's not like a movie you're committing to maybe maximum an hour, um, sometimes 30 minutes, but it's just like fun to think about, not think about work anymore and not think about all the stuff of the day and just sort of unwind in that way. Um, and yes, when I do read, actually, sometimes I actually like reading in the morning. Like I'll take, if I have a little extra time, I'll do that in the morning. Um, once in a while I'll do in the evening too, but I fall asleep easily if I'm reading. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. It's pretty, it's pretty chill. Once in a while I'll do like a lap around my block in the evening after dinner. Like even if it's a 10, 15 minute walk, just to get a little fresh air, move my body, um, after eating, I really love that. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty, you know, I'm not as great at you as you are about plugging in the phone, but I will plug it in at dinner. And so therefore sometimes I'll like, I do keep it in my bedroom overnight and I turn off, turn it off or turn the sounds off and everything because I use it as an alarm, but I am good at taking a break from being on it in the evening sometimes. So through dinner and like, if I'm watching a show or something like that, I will leave it plugged in. Um, 
Yeah. And you know, this wasn't a question that we got actually, but I've been asked this question so many times before when I tell people, I usually plug my phone in at eight o'clock at night or eight 30 and I'm, I'm really good about it. Um, people are always like, well, what if like someone calls you or it's, you know, for the most part, if there was an emergency, people have my husband's phone number. So like they can reach me. Um, and all of my friends just know, like everybody knows if they text me after nine o'clock, they're going to hear from me at like 6am the next morning. And I have friends who are night owls and I'll wake up at, you know, in the morning to their texts when I do look at my phone first thing. And, um, it's funny. So I'll get like a text from my friends at midnight and they'll get a response at like six 53 in the morning. And yeah, it's, it's really actually people just get used to your behaviors. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's actually a non-issue, but I can't tell you how many times people have asked me that when I tell yeah. them I plug in, um, And, you know, we both, I did like similar to you, I, I do evening chanting, but I do it before dinner as well. So that's why I didn't even think of it as part of my evening routine. And even dinner, hearing you talk when I cook dinner for myself and like make that like a ritual and a meal, I have a better evening, you know, it's like, it helps set me up, but, um, but we both have, I don't know if we want to talk. I know we didn't really talk about this before, but do we want to touch on like, truly our daily ritual and practice is chanting. Like we do that every morning and every evening. And yes, we can miss, we miss it occasionally, but, but for myself and, and I'm sure for you too, in, in a year, I, I miss less than a handful of times. Like I, I am very consistent about it. I don't know. And I know everybody has daily practices. A lot of people meditate or do yoga twice a day, or maybe not yoga twice a day, but I know people meditate twice a day or, um, I don't, do you want to, do we want to touch on that? Yeah. I mean, I think if anybody has any questions too, you can like always reach out if you're interested. Um, there's something about taking the time. And as Erica said, it could be anywhere between five minutes and an hour. Um, depending on how much time you have or how long you want to chant for. Um, but it's this very centering grounded practice where you can kind of bring anything you're struggling with, anything you, um, might and not just struggling with anything you're celebrating, anything, any feeling you have, like, just like show up as your honest self. And it's sort of like our own place, a safe place that we can go to like be by ourselves, and also have a sense of connection to self and connection to our in our Buddhahood, which like in our, you know, philosophy, every human being possesses that we all have this like innate dignity in our life. And it's for me, I feel like when I chant, it's a reminder of that. Yes. Because, and that's why we do it twice a day, ideally, because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget because we have negative thoughts and voices and things that happen and show up and obstacles and challenges. And that's a part of being human. Um, and this is a practice that helps you remember your truest self and, and the truest self that others possess too. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how I'd explain it. I would agree with all of that. And I think that for me, 
it's also a way because I, I do meditate and I'll meditate, you know, I'll do a 10 minute meditation throughout the day, or I, I, I love to meditate, but I think why this chanting practice is my practice as well is for everything you just described. It really is calling forth this Buddha that exists in all of us. And I just want to remember and call that forth. And lately I've been really chanting to really make like this world of Buddhahood, my base, you know, so that I can really, um, cultivate a life force that can handle the world that we all live in and, you know, celebration struggles, all of that. But, um, for me, you know, what I like about chanting is that you do, you're not getting rid of your thoughts, right? We, we think about our goals and our dreams and, we can visualize, um, we can think about our struggles, right? We can think yeah. about whatever we want when we chant. And I like that a lot. So I like to start my day and end my day, like kind of channeling my thoughts in a positive direction where even if everything is in a hellish state, I'm literally channeling my thoughts to make, you know, it, yeah. does this makes sense to create like a more positive reality. And I believe like to put myself in rhythm with the universe to bring the Buddha out of the hellish situation, or just to celebrate, as you said, the greatness of, of life. And, um, yeah. And if anybody is interested, you can check out like Buddhability is a great yeah, Instagram, a great resource. um, Buddhability.org, I think. And then SGI-USA.org, but yeah, Buddhability has a great Instagram and website and it's the organization we practice with, with the SGI and it's great. But yeah, so for me, that's like how, and now I've been doing it. I realize I've been doing it consistently for the last 15 years. I realized, right. I started amazing. in 2000. I was born into it. Like my parents have done it my whole life, but you know, like all kids, your own I, practice. Yeah. I've had my own practice since 2007. And that, wow. what is that? Like 14 years ago. Yeah must be. I can't do math. You guys, it so is 14 years. <laughs> it's about that. As so I was like, I don't know, but I, I had, I was like, whoa, like I've had a daily practice for yeah. that long. And yeah, that, and that's what started me actually. That's probably the first promise, like back to the water, back to just like starting small. That was my first daily practice was yeah. chanting. And from there, the rest of this kind of came out of it. And yeah, yeah, Allie, you've been doing it for what? Seven. So I think it'll be seven years this November since I started. Um, so yeah, <laughs> seven years. Um, crazy. Yeah, it feels like crazy. a blink of an eye. I know. And just so, like, if anybody has never seen it or whatever, we do chant with our eyes open, which can mm -hmm. be different than meditation. And it's very active because you're using sound and literal sound vibration, which I always think is really cool too, because like, as much as I like love understanding our nervous system. And I always talk about like the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, but like we have the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is like a big part of the parasympathetic nervous system. And act, you activate that when you chant. So you're literally also activating your, your rest and digest state, um, which is like the state we want to be in most of the time, this sort of like relaxed state in our body also through this practice, which is really cool. It's like all, um, it's a very like holistic in the way that it tackles this. Um, it's like the mind and our emotions and our physical being, like it's all in one at one time. So I think that's a really cool aspect of chanting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to say, I know like, you know, you and I are 
women who have flexibility in our lives. Mm -hmm. We don't have, um, children of our own. And so there is a certain amount of, uh, I don't know what the word is like just flexibility and potentially freedom in that sometimes with cultivating routine. But I also want to point out, like, it doesn't have to be hours a day. Like if it's like Erica said, if it's one thing, like making your coffee and having a glass of water in the morning and maybe taking five minutes to sit by yourself, um, before like kids going off to school, you know, everybody's lives look different. We all have different responsibilities. And, um, I understand that it's sometimes can be like, oh, wow. Well, like, it's great that you have all this flexibility and trust me, I'm, I'm very, um, grateful for the fact that I, I, and understanding that I do, I might have some more morning flexibility than people who have three kids to get out the door by 7am. Right. So it's, it's all relative, but even just like one little thing that we can do for ourselves can make a huge difference in the way we can show up too. And, and you bring up a good point because while we don't have children yet, if you are a parent or you do have a busier, if you have more morning responsibilities, you know, something that you just made me realize while you were speaking, my mom growing up, she didn't have a morning routine by any means, (laughs) by any means. I don't remember one, but I do remember her. Like I said, I grew up in a Buddhist family. My mom chanted every morning. That was like the one thing she did for herself. And as you were saying that, I was like, that was such a great example to see because even though my mom was in like, this isn't my family story right now, but my mom went through a lot when I was younger. And especially when I was in middle school, you know, she was in very difficult situations and she chanted every, that was like the one thing probably all day she did for herself was her chanting practice. And for somebody else listening, it could be like your kid sees you drinking your coffee outside for five minutes, or they see you sitting down and eating breakfast, right? Like whatever it is, that's yours. I like how wonderful to give your children or your partner that, because as you were saying that, that's the only thing I remember my mom doing for herself. And it's, it was a great example to have as well. But Yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good point that you made because we, we do have a lot of flexibility in our mornings, especially because we also work from home. So that changes things too. So yeah, something to keep in mind, you know, when you're cultivating something, as Erica said earlier, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It even isn't for us, even with the flexibility. No. So, um, we just kind of went into a lot of detail about what we like to do, but it changes Um, and it ebbs and flows in seasons of life too. Yes. So should we get into, we did receive a couple of questions. We did, if you're not following us on Instagram, you can always follow us at courageous wellness. Um, we posted a little box and we did receive a couple of questions and we wanted to answer two of them, um, for the sake of time. Yes. Um, so the first question that we received is what supplements do you take? And so I can start off with this one and please share to Ali yours, but I just want to say what I meant by starting off is this answer is going to be really individual to each and every person. So, um, yeah, I think whatever we share is not a recommendation. Please work with your own doctor and find out your own needs. And I can't even share, I'm actually on a lot of supplements. And the reason I am on a lot of supplements is because I worked 
with a nutritionist who did blood work and helped me see what I'm deficient in that led me to take the supplements that I do take. So I do take, um, some supplements that support my anxiety, be it GABA and, um, even dopamine. Like I actually did genetic testing and found out that I naturally produce lower dopamine. So I take a supplement that supports that. I actually don't know what these are called, so I can't even name them. And again, they're really specific to me, but what I will share other than that, like other than my specifics for my blood, um, I do take seed like you, Allie, every single day. We love seed as a probiotic. We can't recommend it enough. We have a code for them. We believe in them. If you're interested, use it, save 15%. It's, it's an unreal probiotic. It's a symbiotic. It's not even a probiotic. It's an unreal symbiotic. And I've noticed such a difference in my digestion and my bloating when I take it. I also always take vitamin C, D, and, um, zinc every single day. And I take magnesium glycinate. There are different types of magnesium that do different things for your body. Magnesium glycinate is great for a lot of things, including anxiety. So I take that every single day. Um, but again, these are, I had blood work done. You can get blood work done and work with a coach. Ali and I are happy to work with you, but as I pass it over to Ali, supplements are so so specific to each individual person that, um, we can share what supplements we take, but they may not work for your body. And also if you're on medications, you have to be careful with supplements as well to make sure they don't interfere or interact with your medication. So just some things to keep in mind while answering this question, but Ali, what supplements do you take? Yes. Um, I echo what you said. I've also done blood work to see where I have some deficiency and actually supplements in some areas have actually, uh, helped improve that. So that's great. Um, vitamin D three is a big one for me. A lot of Americans are deficient in vitamin D, um, which is almost like a, in a way it's almost like, um, a hormone. So it's really important to make sure we have enough for our endocrine function, um, among other things in the body. So that's something I would suggest if you're not sure, please get tested. Don't just start, you know, taking things on a whim. Um, but that's something that I think is like fairly common deficiency. Uh, so that's huge. And I've changed mine. So I'm no longer vitamin D deficient. Um, I always take magnesium in the evenings. It's helpful for sleep. Um, it's helpful for muscle relaxation. It's helpful for digestion. Um, I find that for my body, I've done citrate and ox oxide, magnesium citrate and oxide. It just depends again on what, what works for you. Um, and I take, uh, seed always. And then I do take zinc. Um, I think, you know, zinc D3 and vitamin C are great, like immune support combo. So like, especially in the winter, if, or I know I'm traveling or something like that, I might sort of load up on that for a little while. But, um, again, you know, dosage is important and testing is important because I know someone who was over prescribed a dosage for zinc and got really sick. 
So, um, it's just, again, important to know what your personal needs are, but those are some of my go-tos. Sometimes I take a fish oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I take a fish oil too. Yeah. And, um, and then a B, I, I also was tested again. So I'll do like a B complex as well. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of my, those are my go-tos. And then depending on anything that I'm dealing with, I might. Do you know what I took religiously for like two years before the pandemic? And I don't know why I stopped. I probably just couldn't find them. And now I take the like other combinations, but I used to take Edelberry gummies and oh, I, I have swore by them. I literally, when we were in New York, do you remember I gave them to you? Edelberry yeah. is a great, again, not a recommendation yeah. check with everything, but, um, Edelberry but the is also elder, the elderberry gummies elderberry. elderberry. Yeah. <laughs> they're also really like a lot of them have vitamin C and they're like, they're basically they I, good. But I, I think I, I, it is like a combination. The gummies I took were like vitamin C and zinc. Like, yeah. Super- yeah. They're like power support, but I swear I went to Japan before the pandemic and everyone was dropping like flies. It was winter. It was snowing uh, like the cold and the flu. Yeah. I took those gummies and I swear, like, I'm like, they saved me. So no, they are awesome. And, and elderberry, the, the official name of it guys is actually Sambucas. So yes. you might see like some brands are Sambucas and some but, but anyway, that's like elderberry. a silly, it's not even, again, we're not recommending any supplements. We're just sharing what we took. But as your time, I was like laughing at myself. I was like, I took those for two yeah, years. No, they're good. I actually every have single them. day. And I, I've been taking them lately more because they like taste good than anything else. Yeah. Anyway, um, just a fun little, that was a they, fun supplement. I they took. are good for immune support. And actually I have a friend when I was healing from my surgery, she, she had made an elderberry syrup and sent mm. it to me and it was yeah, so good. So I, yeah, I'm a fan just cause it's also, also very tasty. Um, but, but they are, they are good. And then we had one more question yes, too. We did. So this question is, um, do you have any tips to improve digestion or going to the bathroom during a time of major stress? Right. Yes. Allie, this is a good question. Off? It's a very good question. Yeah. So, um, again, going back to the nervous system, um, you know, in, in times of high stress, we're in our fight or flight response and it turns off certain functions like digestion, because when you're in, um, perceived danger, your body is not going to take time to like digest your lunch. So oftentimes people can have, uh, one or another, like one extreme or another in digestion, right? Like during stress, you can have, perhaps diarrhea, or you can suffer with constipation as well. And I know that comes up for people quite a bit. Um, we were talking about this a little bit early, uh, earlier, Erica, and I'll let you go into some of the, um, sort of practices. And then we, I can talk about like actually supplements and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Exactly. As Ali said, if your body is in fight or flight, if you are in major stress, you will not be able to digest your food. If your body thinks you are being chased by a tiger, it's not stopping to digest your food. And it doesn't understand that your fight with your mom or, you know, even like extremes, right? Like getting laid off from your job, whatever it may be, that's causing you stress that is impacting your digestion, which I imagine whoever asked this question if it's impacting your digestion, it's a major stress. Your body literally thinks it's being chased by a tiger. So with that said, what I, what Ali and I talked about before the call is where it doesn't matter 
I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Please eat as nutritiously as possible during times of high stress, but you could eat all of the green vegetables and kale and your body is still, it's, it's, it's still going to struggle to digest your food. Right. So what I would suggest during this time, and we're talking about like really heightened stress are a few simple things, which is if you can, before you eat your meals right now, take deep breaths. So before you even put food in your mouth, take a really deep breath in, hold it at the top and take a big exhale out of your mouth, right? Deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. Then once you put food in your mouth, chew, chew as much as you possibly can. That revs up your digestion. Three, do not eat with your phone. Please do not eat with your phone. Um, especially if you are in times of high stress, just turn that phone over for however long you will be eating. And then, um, yeah, I would also recommend if you can adding something like a good probiotic symbiotic, like seed adding, uh, ferment or kombucha, just something to like populate your gut with good bugs, good bacteria. And yeah. And then Ali, do you want to talk a little bit? I know you mentioned magnesium hydration. Yes. So I only would recommend magnesium. If you are dealing with constipation, it is a natural laxative. Um, it, so that is something that can be effective. Uh, and if you don't want to go into sort of like artificial laxatives, so a good magnesium supplement, um, will help with constipation. Don't take it. If you're having diarrhea, that would not be good. Also hydration in any case, make sure you're consuming plenty of water. Um, and then, you know, I would generally say like in, in your diet, keep fiber high to populate the good gut bacteria. However, that's also along the lines of if you're suffering with constipation, if you're suffering with diarrhea and funny tummy, the fibrous foods that are typically really great for the gut could actually exacerbate that. So in times of, um, stress in that way, I would go towards really nourishing things like bone broth. Um, if you're struggling with diarrhea stuff to support your gut lining. Um, so warm cooked, avoid the roughage for a couple of days. Yeah. And as always talk to your doctor, talk to your get, you know, you can always reach out to your healthcare practitioner. We do work with people. So if you're looking for a coach, you know, Allie and I are always here for you and for our community. Um, and just to share advice like this on the podcast. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you to everyone who submitted your questions. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you found this episode informative and helpful. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.